Every once in a while, a product comes along that changes everything, and that product is Aura. Aura is an easy-to-use app that includes everything families need to protect their identities, money, passwords, devices, and more. It's really easy to set up and has everything you need, so you don't have to download seven separate apps to get things like parental controls, antivirus, ID theft, and transaction monitoring, and more. You get everything at one affordable price. What makes Aura different, you say? It's simple to set up. It protects against today's and tomorrow's threats, and with parental controls to let your kids explore the internet safely, filter harmful sites, apps, and manage screen time easily. Online safety for today's digital safety. It's tech that grows with you and your family. Browse safely, surf smartly. Aura comes packed with all the tools you need to protect you and your family from the online threats you can't see. Our listeners will get a 14-day free trial of Aura for individuals, couples, or their family by going to aura.com/potential. That's aura spelled A-U-R-A.com/potential. Once again, get your first 14-day free trial of Aura by going to aura.com/potential. Protect what's important. Proactive protection for your assets, identity, family, and tech across every device. And remember, know your potential. Wait, you haven't seen that? Hello and welcome back to a long overdue past potential pick. I'm your host, Chris Stewart, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow fighter of evil, Taylor mm-hmm. Sokol. Today we're reviewing the original Evil Dead trilogy. This contains Evil Dead, Evil the actually the Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and Army of Darkness. All these three films are directed by Sam Raimi, and realistically, this is the film series that really kind of launched him as a uh, house-known name, Um, and with the new Evil Dead Rise that just came out, we thought, you know, we should go back and watch what are the films that really set up this franchise. I had seen Evil Dead, the original 10 years ago this year. I actually saw it on the cruise contract that me and Taylor met on a decade ago, and I've not seen it since. Um, Evil Dead is not a franchise that I've like had a uh, huge fan base for in terms of like rewatchability, but I did really love the 2013 kind of remake they did. I've seen that a few times and have enjoyed that. So Taylor, though, had never seen these films, and uh, I had never seen two or three. So it was like, well, let's watch it and let's review it. Because uh, this is a, a you know beloved franchise, and the name does you know invoke a sense of, oh, that's that evil dad, you know, going to the cabin in the woods, the five strangers, and of course the the book of the dead and mm-hmm. the souls that come back and and then the chaos that ensues. Uh, you know, obviously if you've seen the movie Cabin in the Woods, that was a film that 
heavily use this kind of style to tell its story as well. So, Taylor, what's a brief synopsis of the Evil Dead film? And then we'll kind of branch into how two and three go off of that. Absolutely. So the Evil Dead classic uh, horror film back in 1981, we find uh, five college students vacationing in an isolated cabin in a remote wooded area. Although they look a little too old for college students, but hey, this is the 80s. After they find an audio tape um, in the cab, this creepy cabin, once it play play this, what happens is it releases a legion of demons, spirits, and the members of the group all suffer at one point and are fighting demonic possession. And we introduce our to our main kind of lead throughout these films, uh, played by Bruce Campbell, Ash Williams or Ashley Williams, as he's trying to survive the onslaught of this increasingly gory mayhem. And yeah, I was really interested to check out these films. Um, Chris knows this and our audience members knows I'm not really a horror fan. I I, I don't mind gore uh, for some of the fun of it, but a lot of this horror kind of, you know, I don't like the jump scares and stuff. So I uh, got to experience this gradually on my own, but coming right into this film, I was really impressed. You know, this is 1981. Uh, the practical effects that are done in this film. Um, Raimi did a really good job of really showing like when you're possessed, you just, just the grotesqueness of people. And I think that was like really kind of almost established before, you know, we had the exorcist. So he was really kind of taking it to an extreme measure. And I like this whole idea that there was no, um, there's no, the bad it's, it's this evil that it's really, almost hard to fight it's not like fighting zombies you know you're fighting these demonic Mm -hmm. possessed people that you literally have to hack and dismember the crap out of them to really you know that and and then again you're fighting a spirit so good luck with that and his use of camera for showing like the spirit or the 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 sense of evil when it travels through the woods yeah and i mean from the very first shot of the movie there's this cool kind of looks like a crane shot over this like bubbling boiling lake and you know all these sound effects and things and you know and it's it's very uh it's very creepy i think the lore they set up for this is really good this this idea of this book and this evil that's been trapped here in this in this woods and how yes when you get possessed i mean even the the iconic scene of how the the trees come to life and essentially rape this woman yeah, and that's what possesses her. It's a very creepy scene, and to see, I mean, obviously for the budget they had and the makeup, there's times where like you you can see the makeup on, like it's clearly almost a little bit in that cult following goofy style, but this is really played for the horror. This is played for, you know, the true scary style it's it's meant to be in it's not supposed to be this comedy piece that comes later well in the the sense of dread they're secluded like they try to leave the cabin the bridge is out so they're just this is and this is a time before cell phones you know they got no phone there's no way they can get out and they're really like though the cabin's kind of like their sanctuary it's also their doom and i think that really added that sense of scariness especially when they go down the basement oh like of course he has to get gun shells in the basement. He's like, where are those gun shells at? And then it's like the creepy basement where <laughs> one of them is stuck down there. But yeah, I think it's a it's a good fun. And all these, all three of these films are like 90 minutes in length. Those, they're all like an easy watch. But that first one, even though it has a little bit of cheesiness to it, 
it's remarkable what they did for the budget three hundred seventy five thousand dollars like it's become this huge cult following and i think again the lore was set up well for even though it's you know kind of becomes that like fight or die situation yes it eventually gets down to one person um you know there's some harm there too because he's not only having to take out his girlfriend it's his sister i mean like these are all his friends and yeah you know you're trying to fight and survive and unfortunately only one person does survive and that's mm -hmm. ash um and even when you think that he's destroyed the evil at the very end of the movie, they kind of set up that the evil doesn't ever die, and it almost attacks him, and that's it. Kind of leaves you dangling. And this is and, this is where it gets a little weird when we go into the second one. For if you have no context, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to really read up on this. And just a little fun fact for everyone out here: when they made the first The Evil Dead, um, <laughs> they didn't own the rights to their own movie. So essentially, this second one is a sequel. Re it's this is before we had kind of like almost reboot it was kind of like a soft reboot sequel and this was it gets a little confusing and actually bruce campbell has commented if you actually start this movie at a certain time then it, it makes more sense but <laughs> tell us a little about this one chris well i mean well, what's so weird is i fully thought the second film was going to pick up right where ash is getting attacked and then we're going to see what happens from that point on and what really happens is Bruce Campbell playing Ash again, but almost a different version of him has the same kind of scene of going up to this cabin with his girlfriend, but it's just the two of them. <laughs> yeah, did they not learn people. the first time? <laughs> and it almost yeah, it almost seems like did did the did the spirit wipe his memory? And what really happens is it's almost like the it's like resetting the original film. And then what happens is they find the tape, they play the tape, spirits come to life. And the thing is that Ash does get possessed in this, which I thought was kind of interesting, is that he has moments where he gets possessed and becomes a demon, and then either by the sunlight or a memory of love or something, he finds his human form again. But what is so different about Evil Dead 2 compared to the Evil Dead is it's a complete spoof comedy parody of the original movie. It's played for laughs. There is so much physical comedy that Bruce Campbell does to the point where, I mean, I could just imagine it was him and Sam Raimi in a room and he's just bouncing around like a bounce house. Like it's so goofy and stupid. And I think for someone that had only seen The Evil Dead one time, so this is my second time watching it, prepare myself to watch Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, you know. I found it very jarring and weird that they went this route. They were like, you know what, we need to just fully spoof and be goofy. And Bruce Campbell is a very, very funny actor. We've seen this in, you know, all his cameos in Spider-Man and uh, Doctor Strange and obviously his relationship with Sam Raimi. He's funny, He so he can do comedy well. And that's great. And I think these movies can have a little bit of comedy to them. But then it makes the horror not feel as scary. It diminishes the threat a little bit. So I was like, what, you know, like, yeah, they're still fighting some demons and, and witches and all this kind of stuff. But it's like goofy. Now, of course, this is the film, though, where we get the iconic chainsaw arm, which yeah. is, you know, that is a huge just 
icon of this franchise and that's what ash represents that's how people do cosplay so i mean i love it for that um because the chainsaw is so important but i mean the whole film was going by and i was like although there was a few scenes where like like the dead arm attacking him and that's all just physical comedy that bruce is doing i was just like this was stupid to me like just personally i did not like the vibe and i think this is because i'm coming from seeing I saw the 2013 version first. Yes. And then saw the original. And then 10 years later, I'm getting back to this franchise to get ready for Evil Dead Rise. And I'm like, Evil Dead Rise looks terrifying. This was like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like, see, for me, who I feel like if you're not like a true horror fan, this may be a good way to dip your toes into something where yeah. it's like, okay, there are some scary elements. But yes, um, I can I can see where that's coming from. Now, I knew of like i've seen bits and pieces of these movies before watching them so i kind of knew that there was a lot of i thought there was a slapstick kind of element throughout all of them but this is kind of where it starts with kind of Raimi's tone and obviously mm-hmm. this would inspire ash versus evil dead show on stars and all that so yeah i agree but the definitely the highlight is the i i feel the horror elements were definitely great there the, i will say the one scene that really is great when he kind of goes a little nuts and like the whole cabin comes alive like this, so like the mm-hmm. deer head kind of like that was a little like okay, it kind of give you a little shining like you know I'm going yeah, a little crazy very here. shining. Um, but yeah, um, but the chainsaw arm and a lot of the gore elements are still a great part of this. But what I really love more about the film, it dives more into the lore of the necro necronomicon or the uh, demonto. They they've did many many names of this book. Um, but this yeah, the was deadites. Really- yeah, or like the actual souls that come back, and and that's what they've kind of established the lore. Yeah, the that's the demons or the the or the race or the species that's yeah. attacking <laughs> the species um, of of yeah. demon. <laughs> I mean, like there was that scene in two where like um, the girl that had been killed, like her body came back to life and was like dancing in like the moonlight. It was like a Jack Skellington. Was, yeah, I was like, what the heck? It was just so cheesy, and then like. She like just jumps off into the the forest, and I was just like, yeah, okay. And like in the first film, you know, when the when the, any of the people got possessed, they got possessed into demons, and they stayed that way. In two, they must have had a little bigger budget, so they're having a more kind of really what was taking place a lot in the eighties was these kind of like the CGI at the time of like turning things into like kind of long necked creatures or like yeah. claymation stuff. And so I mean I, I applaud the effort to we got a little bit more budget. We can do a little more. But I feel like because the trilogy is set up so scary, it it was like, okay, I guess we're going this route. But I will say I think it works better in the third film Army of Darkness. Yes. Um which is a great premise. End of two Ash is sucked into this whirlpool, this wormhole, and he ends up in this like medieval land. <laughs> yeah. And this is actually what was Sam Raimi's original idea to do this film. They didn't have the budget for it at the time. But Army of Darkness takes Ash and transports him to this kind of fantasy realm where there is certain kingdoms. It's like very desert. <laughs> everywhere which i thought was kind of funny until they get to the forest yeah, yeah. Um, i was like why would you have your castle like in a desert it looks terrible um <laughs> and they're all like all in all in armor i'm like wouldn't you guys like be miserable it looks hot um but this this really where it dives more into the lore of like 
the there's a whole kingdom where the deadites come from and like the evil and i think this is a great idea that like he is seen as like this hero this like the messiah yeah who was foretold by the you know by the ancients yeah (laughs) this is where bruce cramble really gets to play up some some great humor and um and this is where i found i found it more charming i found more of a I think because the story lends it to, whereas it was like, let's just repeat what we did before, but in a goofy style. I think if Evil Dead 2 had a little more originality to it for me. Or if this was, Evil Dead 2 was the OG, and then Mm -hmm. this was the second one. But I feel like, I think the Evil Dead and then this this Army of Darkness would have been a better, I I think his original intention to be a sequel because it would have clashed well Mm -hmm. in terms of like, you know, but I think by this time you have Bruce Campbell's characters like Ash is like, I'm just done with this. I'm like, I give me the hell out of here. I've been, I've lost my hand. I, you know, you could just, he just got over it. And I just love the, he's really come into what the character of Ash is. And just some of the, some of these fight scenes and stuff were just great. And his, his one-liners um, just <laughs> cracked me up in like the classic line. All right, you primitives. He's like, this yeah. is my boomstick. And <laughs> so there's a, there's some good moments there, but that being said, Chris and I had discussed, there are some moments where it's like, okay, this is a little too goofy, even, even for goofy sake. Um, Cause there is a one scene where he kind of like, he starts to um, multiply into these tiny little uh, versions himself, but there is a great scene where then they kind of form into an alternate evil Ash version, which yeah. we're kind of teased with that in the second one where his hands kind of come in alive and he's, mm. he does possess um but this great scene where he does fight himself um and then kills himself and then of course um I, my favorite scene is of course when he the priests are like okay so now you got to go there say this prayer say it correctly and then they're gonna go back <laughs> and he's just like he's vakta nocta he's like <laughs> <laughs> and he does his cough because he's like i don't know oh that worked and then of course he raises the army of darkness but his evil version that's like the zombified I thought was really great because it was like a, a, a good, like becomes this awesome medieval kind of war film towards the end of the film, which I think was yeah. really great. And I mean, it's just, I think it's a fun concept. I think I just love the idea of him and like this alternate, you know, what do you want to call it? A timeline or whatever. Yeah. And, and you know, that he's this hero and, and of course the chainsaw is so great. And, and with this sawed off shotgun, I mean, it's just great. And it's funny that, I mean, the budget for this movie was $11 million, So it just shows you, like, there was enough in the tank for these films that was growing that, you know, Universal was giving them some more cash to do it. And it's interesting that, you know, it, it made some money. I think all these films at the time were not, you know, commercial hits, but they were they did fine, you know, and they've obviously had this huge cult status this has been a movie franchise that has been held on to for so long which is why it took i think it was kind of the reason why it took so long until we got the next iteration which was the uh remake in 2013 which did return the genre back to quite horrific roots yeah (laughs) and uh and i'm assuming the you know evil dead rise uh from the trailers as well but, you know, there might be some scenes where, you know, a line or two has a, a little sense of, of comedy flair to it. Um, now, I've not actually watched Ash versus Evil Dead, but I do want to watch it because Bruce Campbell's awesome. And, 
there's been so many talks of like the new versions kind of all having some combination or anthology film or something. So maybe there's going to be more of Ash, you know, down the line, but you have to kind of go back and see what was the originality? What was the experimentation in Sam Raimi? You look at like, obviously like Spider-Man, those three films. Yes, it's a comic book, but he really did find that kind of blend of there's some horror moments, but then comedy and physical comedy, especially with Spider-Man is huge. And it all stems from these films. So, you know, I, I guess I'm not going to rate them individually. I'm just going to say it as like an evil dead trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even though they're kind of separate entities, but all connected for me, the Evil Dead trilogy of from 1981 through 1993, I'd say, you know, for some fun laughs, some great horror, uh, not everything works, but you have to applaud what have these films been made now with the CGI they have now. There's, there's a little bit of a charm because of the low budget uh, that works in its favor and the run times, again, 90 minutes every movie. So I'm going to give them, it's like 7.5. Yeah, combined. I'm going to all right, yeah, and I'll say from my my first viewing of them, I'm giving them an eight out of ten. Um, a little generous yeah. from them, but yeah, I hope you all enjoyed uh, our review again, non spoiler. So if you do uh, want to go back and watch uh, these, we do recommend, especially with Evil Dead Rises. Uh, so go check out the Evil Dead trilogy, the original Raimi verse trilogy, and that was this edition of Past Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to the Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.